Warning, this podcast contains discussions of an adult nature and sometimes a graphic nature. It's not suitable for children, strong language, and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, hello and welcome to The Witch's Grim. Stories and education with a witchy twist. If it's weird, we want to talk about it. So, pull up a broom, holster that wand, and get comfy, because we're about to get started. Uh, hello, and welcome to this episode of The Witch's Grim. I'm here with my co-host, Lacey, and today we're going to switch things up. We know that you guys love conspiracy theories like we love conspiracy theories, so we have a new batch for you. <laughs> And, uh, and then we're going to talk about the last conspiracy theory, which is by far our favorite and took us down a crazy rabbit hole. We suspect it's going to do exactly the same thing for you. So make sure you stick around until the end so that you can hear about that one. But we're just going to start with some simple ones. Some of these you may have heard already, and some of them you may not have. So the first one we're going to start with is COVID-19 was engineered. <laughs> That's so funny because I was going to say, Everyone loves conspiracy theories. And I mean, even COVID is one. So it's funny that you say that because I don't know which ones you're going to bring up. Well, COVID-19, obviously, um, I've heard several different conspiracy theories. And actually, I had my own conspiracy theories when COVID first came out. So before COVID was announced as this like global crisis, I was talking with a friend of mine, Christy, which we have to have on the show at some point because she's she's so brilliant and she has some amazing like conspiracy theory stuff. Um, but I was talking to her and we were having a conversation about the, the virus and cause she works for, uh, emergency management for the state of, um, Oregon and specifically for the County that she's in, which is about an hour or two from Portland. Yeah. So she's, she's in a very rural area known as Dufer. And so she, you know, that whole County, she, she does emergency management for, so they've been handing the COVID crisis and the vaccination stuff and all that. And when it first started, she was telling me about this virus that she was getting really worried about. And I said, um, it really wouldn't surprise me if this was engineered by another country and introduced to the United States. And she goes, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, what's the number one way to take a country down? You either take down their communication or you take down them health-wise. If you take down either one of those things, you debilitate a country and make them unable to make crucial decisions. And that would be how you would invade a country. Obviously we didn't get invaded. It turned out to be a virus that is just one of the craziest viruses out there. But nonetheless, I also had a somewhat of a conspiracy theory. But the conspiracy theory still stands that people believe that COVID-19 was engineered. It wasn't discovered until 2019, which is why it's called COVID-19. COVID actually is an acronym for something. It was being studied by an American scientist and he had two lab assistants or co-scientists, I believe, that actually came from China. Mm -hmm. And while they're studying it, all of a sudden COVID-19 becomes a global pandemic it's awfully coincidental. It's yeah. weird that you just happen to be studying it the year, just the year before it happens to become a global pandemic. That seems awfully coincidental to me, but I mean, weird things have happened. It could be coincidental, but it's just interesting. And so, um, a lot of people are blaming different things. I've heard that they're trying to use nanotechnology and I've heard some scientists say, well, they can't use nanotechnology because nanotechnology doesn't exist. That's false. Yeah, Nanotechnology yeah. does exist. It is currently in the experimental stage, but they are experimenting with uh, nanotechnology helping with cancer. So nanotechnology does exist. Now, does it exist in a format where we could, it's small enough to put into a vaccine? I don't think so. I The technology that I've seen so far, it's large enough that it they couldn't put it into a teeny tiny. But it is out there. Like Yes. <laughs> nanotechnology is currently being studied. Now, is it the type of nanotechnology that people are believing is is the type that would be in the vaccine that would be controlling the brain and stuff like that? No, I, I don't think that we're at that level of technology yet. It's still in the most experimental stages. Mm -hmm. And 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 I do want to say to our listeners that nanotechnology 
is good. Like you want nanotechnology. I know that people are afraid that robots are going to take us over from the inside out. And there's they been people already have. <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, I, I watched a video today. My husband and I were watching um, a guy that does, you know, he does funny commentary on videos. And one of them was the study of the, the scientists that are creating the robots that can like walk around and, and do tasks and things. Mm -hmm. And the dude pushed the robot over with a broom. And I was like, why is he got to be such a dick and push the robot over? And he's like, well, he's just trying to show that the robot can get back up. And I was like, when there's a robot uprising, they're going to remember that shit. Yeah, they are. And, and he was like, <laughs> he was like, you're right. I was <laughs> like, uh, I have one Alexa that's a bitch and another Alexa that's nice to me. So yeah. they're going to remember. I call the one Alexa a bitch to her yeah. face. But nonetheless, when the robots rise, they're going to remember that we were testing on them and pushing them down and shit. Um but then, you know, there's other conspiracies about the vaccine that it's meant to alter our DNA and that the virus, I, I want to tell you guys that if you go look up science experiments, we have parts of DNA of every single virus we've ever had. Right. It, there, if you, we even have DNA from extinct viruses that have been passed down. So we already contain weird uh, trash DNA. Yes. So it's, it's not doing anything that's out of the ordinary. This is exactly the same stuff that it normally does. Uh, a lot of people were saying this 5G stuff. I don't know if you've heard about that, that 5G is the cause for the COVID virus, but also I've heard that 5G causes cancer, that 5G is the antichrist, all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's been interesting. The I, next theory, what was that? It makes me laugh. <laughs> Yeah. The 5G one, that one's far-fetched for me, but yeah. <laughs> My mom and I were talking and, and she was like, something about her phone now gets 5G. And she's like, but I'm not even in a 5G area. And I was like, that's probably for the best mom because 5G causes cancer. And I was just joking. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, that's so fucking stupid. I hate when people <laughs> say that. So she was getting all worked up and she does believe in conspiracy theories. I will actually share a family conspiracy theory before we go on to the next one. My mom believes that aliens already exist on this planet. And I don't remember if I've talked about this before. Have I talked yeah. about this before? Yeah, when we talked about the aliens. And how she's she actually wanted to put a sign in the yard that yes. said humans only. Yes. And she's pointed out that the way that cars have started to be designed look like alien faces. So there's certain Toyotas and a lot of the... the uh, the Asian cars like Hyundai and stuff like that, uh, they they do have a, an alien type face on the back, like the yes. bumper and the lights and the even the the license plate lines up just right that it almost looks like what you would call the grays, yeah, the, the the little gray creatures with the giant eyes. I'm watching, you. watching it everywhere. They're part Zetas. of the Zetas. Yeah, and um, and there are books out there that say that we've already had people as advisors in the white house that were aliens so that that will be for another episode because there's a whole book that a dude say, wrote. we could do two or three <laughs> whole different episodes about that yeah so this episode is just going to be a sprinkling of a few conspiracy theories and then the real meat and potatoes is going to be the one at the end so we'll talk about <laughs> that did you know that the world ended in 2012 yeah yeah we're just yeah you know why why so you remember, uh, have you heard about CERN and the, the lab that's, I think it's in Switzerland and they basically have been trying to prove how black holes are created. Mm -hmm. So they created this whole lab with this contained facility and they're basically throwing, if I'm not mistaken, they're throwing atoms at each other at an incredibly fast rate with the intention of splitting atoms finding the God particle or what they call the God particle, mm -hmm. discovering dark matter and creating black holes. And it's to, it's to confirm uh, mathematical theories that are already out there in, in uh, quantum physics and other forms of physics. And supposedly that the reason the world ended in 2012 and that we all now live in a simulation. And if we do live in a simulation, I would like an upgrade exactly. to the fucking simulation. You gave that. me a bum fucking body. You gave Lacey a bum yeah. fucking body. We would like an upgrade in our simulation. We now. fucking deserve it. <laughs> yes. Remember that dude from uh, the Matrix that was like, uh, 
the, what is it? Ignorance is bliss. And he's like, yeah. I want to have a lot of money. I want to be famous. Like, give me all that shit. Yeah. Like, I'll take it all. <laughs> and a night and a good body. Yeah. But um, anyway, so supposedly bad body. I just want to be healthy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, that's what I meant by a good body. Yeah. <laughs> um, back in 2012, they supposedly created a black hole that sucked earth into it. And we just haven't noticed yet. Wow. So I watched something the other day about whether or not you would die if you were sucked into a black hole. And they said that what would happen is you wouldn't die immediately, mm -hmm. that it would actually start to separate the molecules and the particles that make up your body. And it would start with whatever part of your body is closest to the black hole. And you would feel it as you're you're being ripped apart atom by atom, molecule by molecule. Yes, that's <laughs> And I was like, I'm already afraid of space. My husband keeps telling me he's going to Mars, that he wants to colonize Mars. He's going to live to 150. He's going to download his consciousness into a robot, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, one, no thanks. I'm connected to Earth. It is my mother. I would like to stay with her. I will go down with the ship. Yeah. Number two, I am terrified of going into space. I have never seen the Sandra Bullock movie because I'm terrified of watching it. Oh, my. Yeah. So... Dying by being ripped apart particle by particle by a black hole sounds like my worst nightmare. Yes. So no thank you. I, but I don't understand where they come up with the idea. If everything gets ripped apart particle by particle, then when we got into the black hole, do we just go back together? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's the part I don't understand. Uh, and oh, this one's a good one. And it, it kind of made me laugh that supposedly Disney created the Frozen movie so that people will stop associating Disney with Walt Disney being frozen so that it would trick the Google algorithm. So when you search Disney frozen, that it will automatically bring up the movie rather than bringing up how Walt Disney is cryogenically frozen. I was just going to say, they think that he was frozen. No, he is frozen. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so Walt Disney died of cancer if mm -hmm. i'm not if i'm remembering this correctly that they didn't currently have the medical treatment for so a very wealthy dude paid a whole shit ton of money to have himself cryogenically frozen and he's supposed to be reanimated when we have the technology to cure whatever cancer he has that is true that's not a conspiracy wow. that's 100 true mm -hmm. i don't know if anybody would like want him back especially with everything that keeps coming out Dude, he was seriously what from what is coming out. I mean, and I don't know if he was he was anti-Semitic, they said, and he was racist. Mm -hmm. But wasn't everybody back then? I mean, yeah. honestly, a lot of people were. Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to see him wake up with the advances that we've made in technology and the advances we've made in society, and women don't wear skirts anymore. We wear pants and Back in the 50s when he died, that wouldn't have been, I think it was the 50s, might have been the 60s. Um, that wouldn't have been what was going on then. It would be like my husband, another thing that he wants is he would totally be turned into a vampire. And I'm like, fuck no. Why? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I understand a lot of the stuff that happens like trend wise because we're on TikTok and social media and stuff so mm -hmm. we're introduced to trends a whole lot earlier than say if we were on facebook or instagram right so i understand what the kids are doing in school somewhat i mean not everything and i'm like I, even if i looked young i i don't know how i would deal with that bullshit. if going to high school classes every day and yeah. just being at a different mentally mature level and just looking at somebody who's crying because her boyfriend uh, doesn't want to ha have sex with her on prom. Right. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I just made up a scenario, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I could deal with that. If I would, uh, if I would just be like a complete asshole loner, because I would want right. to, like, how, how do you, how do you become a teenager? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, how do you go backwards? I would, I would not want to. Yeah. <laughs> So this one article that I got this from says that Screen Rant writes that cigarettes used to be cropped out of Disney's hands in an attempt to keep up with the Mouse House's family-friendly friendly branding. So while creating a hit movie to mess with the internet algorithm sounds nutty, 
he thinks that it kind of makes sense. So if it was intentional, then Disney is full of genius. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a hard time. A lot of, uh, for those of you guys that may not know, a lot of the Disney stuff comes from real legitimate stories that have been passed down. So folklore from different cultures. So I think Beauty and the Beast is French. I think Sleeping Beauty might be Swiss or something like that. I could be wrong. It's And there's some uh, Germanic ones in there. There's the Little Mermaid might be from the Celts. Celts. I can't remember. But uh, they, they usually are fairy tales that were told as nightmare stories. So yeah. the original Cinderella story, the the girl actually cut her toes off to fit into the shoe. Yes. And obviously that's not child friendly. Yeah. So Disney was raped while she was in a coma. <laughs> oh yeah. And had twins. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then woke up and apparently married the guy. And then, well, and then the queen tried to have her and the kids killed when she found out it wasn't even her fault. She was just innocent. Yep. Ooh, this one I found really interesting. Denver Airport is the hub for the Illuminati. I have you heard, heard that one before. Yes, I have, yeah. I have never heard that one before. Also, like super haunted. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that either. Yeah, I've been through the Denver Airport so many times, and I, I've never, I've never heard that. Yes. Um. So, according to this. And some of this stuff I would love to see because I've been to the Denver airport several times and maybe I'm just not going to the right location. So one of the coolest things that I think about the Denver airport is the fact that it looks like a tent. So it's got those, those, um, I don't know how to describe them, just basically tent posts that are sitting in the ceiling. And then they've got the white, like plastic that just, I'm sure it's hard plastic, but it looks like tent plastic. Yeah. It's just kind of over top. And it looks really cool on the inside. It's to keep the snow off the roof. That snow. makes sense. Yeah. So conspiracy theorists posit that Denver International Airport, here from now on mentioned as DIA, is a hub for the lizard people who run the government and much of the world. So in our last conspiracy theory episode, we talked about the lizard people, the reptilians, and how they're supposedly enslaving or have enslaved the human race and that they run everything and that Beyonce is a lizard person and that there's accounts of her like shedding her camouflage and doing all kinds of weird things and being this disgusting slimy lizard person. If you're a fan of Beyonce, please don't come after me. I don't need the beehive. Just relaying what I've heard. Uh, some believe in, that the Denver airport is the home base of the new Illuminati while others believe it's an actual portal to hell yes so apparently well, there is the people of the, that work there and stuff they're perfectly fine with going with it they do not deny it and uh they yeah they go they're willing to fuel the ideas <laughs> so that's actually at the bottom of the article yeah so there's apparently a lucifer the giant blue horse sculpture which killed the artist who made it with demonic glowing red eyes is the guardian to the gateway. How did I miss this damn horse? I don't know. <laughs> or maybe I or saw it and right I just it? didn't think anything. I don't know where it's located. See, it is. It's along the Pen Pena Boulevard. So it's be I think it's before you get to the airport, like when, as you're turning in. Is it sitting on its hind legs? I feel like yeah. it was, okay. Yeah. Well, apparently there's also some weird murals depicting Nazi imagery. Inside the airport. What's the Nazi imagery? Let's see here. And a commemoration capstone plaque that mentions the New World Airport Commission, an organization that does not exist. So here's one of the pictures. Can you see it? Yeah, hold it still for just a second. There's like a glare. Yeah, yeah. I can still see it though. Okay. Can you see his uh, gas mask? Yeah. Yeah, and his helmet too. Yeah. And why he's got a sword that looks like it comes from Arabia, it yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> the pirate sword. 
a pirate. It's like, <laughs> they've got a whole bunch of weirdness mixed together in one. Yes. So um, there's gargoyles. Provides clues about the end of the world. So do the Simpsons. So yeah. <laughs> um, there are gargoyles in the Jepson, Jepson or Jepson Terminal. And there's an interactive gargoyle that used to welcome travelers by saying the Illuminati headquarters before correcting himself and welcoming the masses to the Denver International Airport. So the the guy Shane from Unsolved, mm -hmm. he actually controlled the gargoyle for a while. And you can see like almost like a candid camera thing where he's like sings to people and he has conversations with people in the Denver airport, like talking through the gargoyle. So most likely that was a person yeah. that was doing that on purpose. Absolutely. Um, so it says Denver is either poking fun at the conspiracy surrounding the facility or they are hiding in plain sight. So we'll leave it up to you guys on whether or not you think, I think they're poking fun. I think I they're just, having a good time with it. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it doesn't matter who you talk to airports are all held. So the horse being the gateway to hell makes complete sense. <laughs> oh yeah. Great point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> flying sucks, especially now. Uh, you've probably heard this one before hollow earth. Yes. That the earth is actually hollow. So scientists believe that they have found um basically like a, a rock formation towards the center of the earth which is who knows how much towards the center of the earth that also within it contains enough water that it's more than all of our oceans so they're saying well then that means that the the earth is hollow if there's just this water in there so in 2014 scientists found a reservoir of water three times the volume of all the oceans deep within the earth the water however isn't just sloshing around within the earth it's inside ringwoodite a rock that's 435 miles deep beneath the earth's surface so for some reason this is bolstered has bolstered the theory that the earth is hollow since the water was solidified in a rock form and i'm not exactly sure how that connection is made and they don't really say but people are saying that because the world has north and south poles, that the secret entrance to this rock formation or inside of the hollow earth is through the north and south poles. And so that also because of the, the polarities of the earth, that that's another reason that the earth is just basically a big hollow magnet. Oh. I'm like, okay. Um. We won't talk about this next one. I'm looking at a list here because uh, we're going to talk about that one last. Uh, here's one that I haven't heard before. I've heard something similar, but did you know that supposedly the moon doesn't exist? Is it a hologram? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> That's what they say. Hmm. That apparently is just, this is what flat earthers say. So um, we do not believe, I don't think you do. You and I do not believe that the earth is flat. We believe that the earth is round. So if you're a person that believes the earth is flat, my very intelligent brother-in-law believes the earth is flat. Then David Marsh, who is also a flat earther says the moon is a projection because the moon cannot exist since the earth is flat. He says, and I quote, the moon is a projection put there for a reason, which we would study for a thousand more years and never understand. Hmm. Um, to arrive to this conclusion, Marsh followed the path of the moon in the sky in order to compare his findings to official records. Because his findings were not the same, Marsh determined the moon was a scam. So uh, I don't see how they would think that. I mean, we haven't been back, which is weird because they only, you know, they only looked at one side of the moon. Um, and, you know, you hear people say all the time, why, why haven't we gone back to check the other side? We have all this equipment and blah, blah, blah. But then there's others that don't believe we ever went. <laughs> well, we talked in our last conspiracy theory episode about the moon being mined. So yeah. how do, if, if the moon doesn't exist, how are we currently putting together stuff to mine it. Right. That's part of the, I believe that's part of the reason that President Trump created the Space Force was not only so that we could defend against satellite like type stuff, but also 
because when we start trying to make treks to Mars and when we go to mine the moon, we need to have protection. Yes. So I just, I don't know how I feel about this one. Um, it's, he says that it's a hoax that's created to distract the general masses from the existence of Nibiru a rogue planet that will cause the apocalypse. So if you guys don't know what that is, that is the conspiracy theory related to the Sumerian myth um, of Enoch or Anunnaki, which we've talked about, I believe we've talked about before. And the Anunnaki is a race of people that supposedly created humans. And they created humans by taking their DNA and mixing it with... um, uh, I keep wanting to say reptilian with basically primate DNA. So the monkeys on the planet, and that's how they came up with a race of people to do the work for them in the fields and agriculture. And that's supposedly where we got all these advances because they kind of just came out of nowhere. They weren't gradual. All of a sudden we knew agriculture. All of a sudden we knew mathematics. So they're saying that it actually came from the Anunnaki who created us in a lab. And that's why, no other animal sunburns humans do that's why humans have a higher rate of not being able to interact with the environment we have higher supposedly we have higher rates of allergies and we have higher rates of disease and stuff like that compared to the rest of the animal population on the planet specifically relating to mammals i don't know how i feel about that i find it fascinating to think about that somebody gave us you know some of our technology yeah but um the anunnaki supposedly came from nibu nibiru nibiru i don't know if i'm saying this correctly (laughs) n-i-b-i-r-u and that this planet comes into orbit uh every 3600 years supposedly it comes back around and if it came back around wouldn't there be some type of record of it i mean how long ago did the egyptians exist So I don't know how I feel about this one. I don't know if I believe that the moon is a projection. The other conspiracy theory that I've heard is that there are supposedly historical records of- 5,000 years ago. 5,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So supposedly there's historical records from some of the uh, cultures that existed, you know, tens of thousands of years ago. I don't even know if we have records that long, but thousands of years ago. And supposedly the moon wasn't always in the sky, that the moon was actually created. And that's why the moon is hollow. Don't the Egyptians, well, I guess, well, I don't know. They they worship the sun god, but is there no evidence of the moon? I don't know about that. I don't remember which culture it is, but they're supposedly cultures that have written records of the time where they mentioned the time before the moon as if the moon came out of nowhere. Wow. Which another conspiracy theory could be that if that's the case, then it was a, a um, asteroid or something that was just moving slow enough that, that when it got into the Earth's orbit, it just started orbiting. Right. Huh. And I mean, that's possible. I don't, I don't know how it became round over time. I don't, I don't understand how that would be, especially with how much it affects the planet you know (laughs) that's supposedly the reason it was created was to bring balance that there was supposedly chaos before that and that the moon was created to create that balance that some ancient ancient culture like put the moon in orbit Hmm. but i don't even know how they would do that because of how big it is like we have trouble putting satellites into orbit So that one was interesting. And it's yeah. why, part of the reason I find it so interesting is that witches specifically, there's other cultures as well. So I believe it's the culture, like Islamic cultures, if I'm not mistaken, they they do their months from moon to full moon to full moon, or it's new moon to new moon, something like that. I like, I read that somewhere while I was like deployed in Qatar. And I thought that was really fascinating that their month starts a different way. They still have the regular calendar because that's what the rest of the world uses, but they they also measure, measure time through the moons. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's real. If you're a Muslim and uh, you say, yes, that's true, please 
you know, leave it in the comments when we post this episode and let us know if that's actually a real thing. I, I know I read that somewhere and I found it really fascinating, but it could just have been a bunch of BS that I read that, you know, it could be a conspiracy theory. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and then the very last one that we're going to talk about is related to Bigfoot. And this by far is our favorite. And I was on the rabbit hole about this one. And I know that you went down a completely different fascinating rabbit hole. So to give you a little bit of background, there is a gentleman named David Paulides. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. P-A-U-L-I-D-E-S. He's a former police officer who is now an investigator and he has written some books, self-published books specifically and one is dedicated to proving the reality of Big, Bigfoot and his missing 411 series books in which he documents the disappearances of people in national parks and elsewhere. So he attributes mysterious unspecified causes to these disappearances while data analysis suggests that these disappearances are not statistically mysterious or unexpected. So to give you guys a little bit of background, Hundreds of thousands of people go missing in the U.S. every single year, many of them children. So there's a few conspiracies on why children are disappearing. Some are saying that children are disappearing because it's a conspiracy for child trafficking. Some are saying children are disappearing for other nefarious reasons. And um, then there's the if you look at the cave system within the united states and then you then plot all of the disappearances on top of that they correlate almost perfectly they line up almost perfectly so there's something to be said about whether or not people are getting lost in caves or you know something along those lines there's lots of uh, accounts of people finding themselves in caves and then getting really creeped out and getting lost in caves and then finally having other people like show up and bring them out of the caves right well because they're dark so you're going to be easily disoriented if you yeah and, and depending on how deep you go into the cave there will be changes in pressurization as well and gases um, and, yeah. and gases and oxygen levels and all kinds of craziness so it's really unsafe to go into caves unless you're experienced and even experienced people have problems i mean you need equipment yeah <laughs> yeah but this guy posits that basically Bigfoot is real and he is hunting humans. And I have to tell you, there's some compelling stories for this one. So you guys, we're not going to cover all the stories. You can look it up because it, it, it would be this. Yeah, it, this would be like the longest episode we've ever like hours and hours if we were to cover all these you can read his book. And then there's also an Amazon documentary, which I plan on watching. My husband and I, I was telling him about this before we got on the episode because uh, he asks me if we're going to record. And I was like, yes. And we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Have you ever heard of Missing 411? So if you watch uh, Mr. Ballin, he's a YouTuber and he's also a TikToker. I follow him. Uh, he's, he talks a lot about the missing 411s. He does a lot of the missing person stories or the, uh, talking about the accounts. So there's many, many people who have gone missing, who have been experienced outdoors people. And the weird, weird, weird part that comes out of a lot of these stories. Well, I mean, there's two different types of stories. There's the missing people stories, and then there's the first person accounts. So the missing people stories a lot of people are found nearby actual trails. So a lot of people are like, if they had just gone like 50 paces to the right, they would have found a trail and they would have been able to make themselves back to society. But they usually find them parked next to a tree, sitting. Uh, sometimes they'll have their head in there, like their, like, like their knees tucked up and they'll have their head down. Sometimes they'll just be leaning against the tree, like, like their legs splayed out but their, their uh, shoes are always sitting next to them and their clothes are neatly folded next to them. So doesn't matter dead of winter or, or the middle of summer, they always take their clothes off, they fold them next to them. And sometimes they'll even go as far as to neatly place their phone 
and their like their phone. They have a freaking phone with them and they place their phone and they place their wallet and sometimes their keys are in their pocket and all kinds of stuff. And people say that it's because when you get hypothermia, you get delusional and so people are cuz one of the symptoms of hypothermia is like a, a tingling feeling on the body which can make you think like your your brain misfires and makes you think you're hot. So they're saying that that's potentially the reason. But we're talking experienced, experienced outdoors people. Mm -hmm. One story was of two boys with their dad. The dad was trained in SEER training. So for those of you guys that don't understand what SEER training is, that's the training that people go through for special forces and pilots that teaches them if they were to either crash their plane or be abducted and have to escape. Like they get taken prisoner by uh, opposing forces. Yeah. That if they needed to survive in the wilderness without any help, without any tools, without anything, that they would know how to track, they would know how to hunt, they would know how to find water, all of those things. So this guy supposedly, if I'm remembering it correctly, was an army ranger. They were out in a normal area. They turn around and their dad is missing. And for months, and it might have even been two years, he was missing. One, one is, day, and it's like these people are just plucked out of the sky. Just yeah, it's like <laughs> poof. And so the one day, this other hunter is out there. I'm getting chills. Uh, one day, this other hunter is out there, and he he sees a a, a um, it's a a hawk or something related to a hawk. It might have been mm -hmm. an osprey or something like that. But he said that the way that it was looking at him, he was getting the sense that it was trying to tell him something. So he literally followed this, this bird and this bird led him to a skeleton that was sat against a tree with his rifle, with his boots sitting next to him and his clothes folded next to him. Mm -hmm. There was no signs of like struggle or that he had been hit over the head or anything like that. It's as if he sat down and just died. Yep. And he was sitting with his, he was with his boys moments before he disappeared. So why did he, why did he go missing? Why did he like get off the trail? Why would you take your eyes off your boys, your young children? Like right. as a parent, you don't really, you're not really doing that, you know, especially as the as experienced outdoorsman. Yeah. And there's, there's all kinds of crazy stories like that. You had a crazy story, right? That you had yeah. found. Yeah, I have a couple. Um, I there, it seems that there's like periods of time where like um, things will happen. So let, let me find this one. <clears throat> so there was a whole period where the only people that were going missing were like really like were physicists. Um, a lot of physicians, phys physicists, and people of advanced degrees were disappearing. Mm -hmm. But there was a period of time where it was only german physicists visiting america that were going missing in the same fashion <laughs> same exact way and uh so these physicists were going hiking yeah and they would disappear. They came to visit america and they were like out you know in the mountains and doing what people do when they come to visit and would just disappear and uh, i didn't find anything about any of them that lived because you know again most of these people end up not living there's only a few that survive and normally they're kids yeah yeah and you were telling me something about the mentally impaired or something yeah. like that uh, yeah so it was saying that um you have really really smart individuals and then developmentally disabled ones so you have like i said physicians physicists um, people with advanced degrees and then on the other end, you've got people that have some sort of either developmental disability or they have some sort of illness or injury that may not even be like obvious and that uh, even like relatives and stuff didn't know about until after they were found. Interesting, <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting. So one of the things that came up in one of the stories that you were talking about, um, and I'm going to have you tell the story afterward, but apparently it's not uncommon. And I would feel like natives, indigenous people would definitely have some input on this, mm -hmm. is that people will often describe one, the first symptom is usually that the, the area gets extremely quiet, that all of a sudden it gets strangely quiet. 
Number two is that they get a sense that they're being watched and not in a, there's a deer in the woods watching me in a, I'm being stalked as prey type watching where all of the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and you have this impending sense that you need to run for your life. Number three, I've heard is that they get a weird sense of smell as if rotting flesh is nearby. And then the fourth thing is they hear somebody who sounds like a family member who could not be there calling their name. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these firsthand accounts talk about usually those four things. Sometimes the smell's not in there, mm -hmm. but almost always the other three are in there. Yes. Um, and then occasionally you'll see- one. Did you see the shimmering, the shadow part of it that people would see? No, but I have, I, then, then there's also the sightings. So mm -hmm. usually they're described the same way as well. The creatures are typically described in a specific fashion. They're usually very tall. People describe them as seven foot tall, but if something was six, five, you'd probably think it was seven foot, you know? Right. Um, they're usually hairy. Uh, they're bipedal, which means that they walk on two feet. They move extremely quickly through the trees and on the ground. Mm -hmm. Typically they can outrun a human uh, and they scream to communicate. Yes. Which is why people say it's Bigfoot, but I, I grew up in the eighties and you know, you did too. We had Harry and the Henderson who yes. was a Sasquatch who was nice. And there was other Sasquatches in the forest. Like when they released him back into the forest, you see like it, you can't see anything. And then all of a sudden your eyes focus, they did the camera just right where your eyes focus. And now all of a sudden there's an entire like group of them that were standing there the whole time that you just didn't see. They were just somehow camouflaged. And I am the, you know, I grew up like that, but some of these firsthand accounts that I've heard of we're talking these things pick up children like if a child is wandering and happens to be a few steps behind the parents the parents will all of a sudden turn around and the child is gone there's no footsteps there's no like no they'll sound. find pieces no sound no nothing yeah. there's there, the child is if you were like you were saying the child is just plucked there's a firsthand account of a child being picked up and then dropped, but it was dropped because supposedly, I think the creature ran into a, a person and the person got so spooked, I think that they like tried to shoot at it or something. So it dropped the child. There's weird stories of children being one place and then ending up miles and miles, miles away within an hour. Yeah. We're talking three, four years old, being found in, in you know, precarious positions where they're, surrounded by water and they're on the only little island but they're not wet yeah. they're on the only little island and they're completely dry surrounded by water like marshes so there's wet so they would have had to go through water but they're not wet yes there was one about a three-year-old kid that was found he was missing for 56 hours and when they found him it said that he was in a spot where um like the best bloodhounds like went over multiple times uh the flare flew over that area and then all of a sudden there, there he is and he survived through freezing weather it said mm -hmm. it was so severe that it was wind rain freezing conditions bad enough they pulled the search teams and grounded the helicopters <laughs> and the kid was fine and, and didn't the kid yeah he said that he he uh was with a uh wolf for the two days in a cave mm -hmm. I, you know i mean the kid was three so you know but yeah sometimes these children will describe something that that took care of them and yeah. they will describe so this is this is where we're going to kind of get into our own little conspiracy theory part of this but they will describe how they will not be in freezing conditions so the it'll be freezing there'll be a storm you know whatever they call it off they think this child is gone forever uh or they're found miles away in really bad conditions like places that even the best hikers can't get to and somehow this three four-year-old child got to it but the child always says that um they ended up being brought there by something they usually have a story and it's really hard to talk to a three or four-year-old and in they don't necessarily know what they're saying, but a lot of these three or four-year-olds will tell you that something brought them there. There's also stories, almost like a Rumpelstiltskin type of story where people will fall asleep 
and they'll go missing for days. And then they'll wake up days later in the exact same spot. Where like, people have been crawling, searching. Well, people have been searching the entire time and somehow they wake up days later and they just get up and then they just walk out of the forest. Um, so the reason I think that indigenous people would have something to say about this is uh, I've heard indigenous people talk about if you hear whistling at night, you do not whistle back. Mm -hmm. If you hear whistling outside, lock all of your doors. So I feel like there's a couple of things that this could be. Besides this being a version of human, a humanoid being that is hunting humans, which I'm going to reveal something to you guys that may be controversial. I agreed with Thanos in the Avengers movie. I think that there's too many humans and that we are potentially a parasite on the earth. And so I do think that, you know, the, the virus is being very smart. Good on you, mother nature for doing the calling that you're doing at the moment. Um, I'm not saying that I believe that people should die. I don't think that people should die. That's horrible, but I do believe that humans should stop reproducing, that we are producing too many humans to sustain life on earth. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I think it's fascinating to think that another way that mother nature is gonna control us is by having this primate type creature that is hunting us in the forest. And there's so many interesting accounts that I have a really, and the stories are sometimes so familiar, so similar, that I just have such a hard time believing that there's not some uh, truth to it, you know? Mm -hmm. So what's, you had a story, sorry. I ended up talking too much and you didn't tell your story, but the guy you were telling me about that was like the experienced hiker. Yeah, I was doing some background, like undercover background digging. What's that mean? So like I found this, story from this guy you know how they all take off their shoes for some reason yes they take off their shoes and they fold their clothes and they put them next to themselves yeah so this guy says um i'm an experienced outdoorsman i live in the mountains of northwestern colorado and so he was telling about this time when he like went hiking he's constantly outside he, he fishes and hikes and stuff every single freaking day um in all the remote areas of colorado wyoming montana and idaho and uh, so he's, he says he's encountered many black bears and um, grizzlies, lions, such and such, right? So he says this one day he decided to go for a run in the morning. He just got off the phone with his dad and he, um, it wasn't the morning. He said he began running around 2 p.m. And he went on his normal hike, which is fine and everything. He locked his keys and everything in his truck. And then he says, it gets weird. He says about 30 minutes where I plan to turn around, the trail becomes increasingly less worn and the, and more difficult beyond this point. So he hiked up this area. He ended up going into this like weird mountain trail that was super steep. Um, and he noticed that it was quiet and something made him look up the mountain um, to the right uh, several hundred yards above and he noticed a large granite rock formation mm -hmm. and the area is so far off trail he's never looked there before well he saw movement he thought maybe it was a black bear but for some reason he got curious which is not like him and he kept going and he found himself all the way out there he like struggled to get up there and everything um he said he finally got to the top of the hill he sat on the meadow and noticed the rocks the granite, and it looked like a granite fortress and he sat down to like enjoy it and he started taking off his shoes for some reason and he said it was super weird for him to take off his shoes because he has like nerve damage and it takes him like a good five minutes to put his shoes back on and he was like uh, he says he runs with a, a a limp he walks and runs with a limp <clears throat> he said he remembers it feeling like super hot like his feet were burning and on fire which was weird because it was only like 70 degrees outside and that's what he think was instinctively making him take his shoes off. Um, and then he said he um, started to become really unnerved by how dead silent everything was. There were no birds chirping, no bugs anywhere. And then he hears his dad call him by his first name from behind him. And he says he like it jarred him, he turned around. And there wasn't anything back there but a boulder and he knows dang good and well it wasn't his dad because he just talked to his dad who lives in georgia and there's mm. no way he could have made it there so he said he freaked out and like um hurried and you know got his shoes tied back on because before he took off the second one he started feeling weird and so he didn't 
take it off all the way. He started to tie his shoes back up. And the second he started to retie his shoes is when the, you know, something said his name in his dad's voice. And then he said he, he was so scared that he took off running and he literally fell, rolled down the mountain. And when he stood up, he couldn't recognize where he was. Everything looked completely different. He'd been there hundreds of times, no canyon, no creek or trail said, and then it was cloudy. He said, I was literally not in the same place anymore. And he said, at this point, I started hauling ass in what I thought was the right direction. And I eventually found a trail um, and kept running till I recognized my location. And then he said, um, he said he was so terrified he could barely drive home. And he, and then someone was like, so what, you know, what, how, why did you take your shoes off? And he's like, because he, he's like, I felt like I was standing on lava, like my feet were on fire. And he says, I'm a pretty level-headed man. I don't get scared of things, you know? And he's like, so for this to scare me and be in the exact location that many people have gone missing for, you know, in that same um, area. And the guy, that guy, Paulides, is that how you say his name? Um, Are you talking about the author? Yeah. Yeah. He's talked about people going missing in that area. (laughs) And someone's like, well, that explains, you know, yeah, people taking off their shoes, weird hot feet. It's so crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and then um, the other thing that we've talked about, and it specifically relates to people falling asleep. And I have a tendency to believe that this is possibly a real thing as well, is something known as fairies. Yeah. Faye. That's why when, when Lola told me it was, you know, I said, okay, what are we going to do today? She said, look up, you know, missing 411. I was like, okay. And I was like, oh my God. This is like, everybody is saying like, you know, and who knows, maybe Bigfoot is Faye. But um, I was like, I immediately, being somebody that works with it, I immediately go to that 100%. And did you see that they said that there were, there was like, um, some of the people would describe the the thing as having almost like, have you seen the predator? Where mm-hmm. it has like a mm-hmm. camouflage appearance? Um, this woman of uh, it's a wife of a Navy retired Navy guy said that she was out hunting. She was sitting up in a tree in a blind and she could see something and she has very clear eyesight and like 50 feet away from her, she could see something up in the trees. Like you said, they get up in the trees and they swing across and, but it was blurry. Like she was looking through a piece of saran wrap at this thing, but she could see it, you know, moving. And so when she Mm -hmm. went home and told her husband about it, he, he turned on the predator and he's like, like this, she said, yes, that's exactly what it looked like. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) So there's a story that we're going to have to cover. Um, I think I've mentioned this conspiracy theory before, and it's related to it is there's a story of a famous farm that could not, it's currently, uh, abandoned, but apparently there was a farm where these strange happenings, strange lights would happen out in the forest strain like cattle would go missing regularly this is in the united states somewhere in like montana or something and a family was like we're done with this shit and they sold the farm and they sold it to another family and at first the family was fine and then they started to notice that there was these weird happenings and then the weird happenings turned into really strange happenings and then scientists came in and started to study the happenings and then it got bad enough that everybody left and supposedly there was holes opening up in other dimensions and the things coming through were not like of this world. So on this farm, supposedly this famous farm and I'd, I'd have to look up what it is. We can do an episode on it because it, it's fun to talk about this stuff. Yeah. But uh, essentially their stories, even back in the 1800s of people walking in fields or running along the roadside and a person will be staring at the individual, watching the individual, and the person will poof, just disappear in front of them. But what the weird part is, is you can still hear the person screaming. You can still hear them yelling. Oh my God, I watched stuff about this. Like the lady, yeah. her husband went missing in the field, like right outside their house. Yes, so he went to go put the horses away and I think he saw something in the field. So he walked out into the field and she said she saw him poof. And she wouldn't talk about it for years. And when she finally talked about it, she said, because for two weeks after I could hear him screaming for help, but every time I would go out there, there was no hole. 
there was no nothing like but you could hear him screaming as I would if go he, crazy I would, yeah I would really go insane <laughs> you can hear your husband and you know he's there but nobody will listen to you was she the only one that could hear him well I mean she was there all the time she was still living on the farm and I think that she, the reason she stayed was she was hoping her husband would show back up right so she was probably I would probably be going and searching that area every single day to see if there was a sinkhole or yeah you know like stomping on the ground to see if maybe I sink into Anything. something yeah. <laughs> yeah does it because he's screaming you can hear him where is he screaming from like where is he but it's as if he got transported to another dimension there's another story I think it's in the the early 1900s so I think it's before the 1920s because I believe that there was still a horse and buggy involved mm -hmm. but the a guy had bet his friends that he could run uh, between two towns in a certain period of time. They got kind of sloshed one day, decided that they were next morning they were going to meet. The two two guys were going to be in a horse and buggy behind him. The guy was going to run and he, you know, they were going to time him and all this kind of stuff. They bet him that he couldn't. He said he could. And while they're watching him run in what well, they're sitting in the horse and buggy, all of a sudden it's like he trips. And when he trips, he disappears. <laughs> And yeah. again, I believe that they said they could hear him scream as if he was like ripped out of the air and then he was gone and nobody could ever find him. They checked the roadside, they checked the surrounding area and they never found him. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of interesting stories about people just like literally vanishing in thin air. Well, and then that um, the, the guy from this story, the um, Paulides, mm -hmm. Detective Paulides, there's another one he talks about, um, a guy, his name was Dale, and he was hiking in Mesa Verde. I believe that's mm -hmm. in, uh, I don't know, um, where they heard him calling for help. And before he went missing, he was in like a bolt, uh, boulders, a bunch of boulders. Mm -hmm. And so he went into this like boulder field and just disappeared. And they could hear him calling for help, but there was no one around. That is so crazy. Yeah. Didn't you tell me, because you were saying through text message when I told you about this, that you experienced something in Nevada? Um, Yeah, that would be actually seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> tell me, tell me, I want to know. So we were just um, out in the mountains hiking and stuff, and we were hiking out looking for sheds. I believe we we're out looking for um, horns. And uh, it just walked right across the road. And then it was gone, but it was dark. You know, the only thing that was on were the headlights from the Ranger. And so, but that was the first time I've ever seen anything like that. What did it look like? Oh, like a tall, hairy man. <laughs> really? Really tall, really long, hairy man. Yeah. He just walked so... by and like looked at us and just kept going. He didn't do anything. He, she, it, you know, but uh, yeah, it was wild. Just talking about it, I have like goosebumps. <laughs> and it was just walking. It didn't look at you guys. It didn't stop. It, it just over at us. It, it was just walking across the road, glanced over us, and it just kept going. I always believe in that kind of stuff anyways, obviously. But um, since then, I definitely believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> so part of the reason that I believe it, it is because we keep finding, like we found the, what is it, the Denisovians. There's been Neanderthals, mm -hmm. all of those. And I just, I just find that, there were so many more versions of humans before our version won out and, and now we're the, you know, the only version that it wouldn't really surprise me if there were other versions that became hunters of us. But also like we were talking about, there's the Wendigo, there's the skin skinwalkers. All of those things are depicted very similarly, specifically the skinwalker, I believe often has that reeky dead, dead animal smell to it. I've, I feel like I've heard indigenous stories talk about that. And, but I mean, when we're talking about what's that they scream and they mimic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and then there's, um, I mean, if you think about it, there's, they call them the, the hidden people. So while they're called Fae through the Celts, uh, and there's different versions of Fae through the Celts. In other parts of the world, they don't call them the Fae. Uh, Germans have different names for them that I've learned since I've been here. Uh, there's the the red hat people. So here in Germany, they believe that the, the gnomes that have red hats are the most dangerous of all and that they are actually versions of ancestors 
So it just says versions of ancestors. I don't know if it's like ancestors from 100 years ago, 200 years ago, or like longer than that. And they they uh, protect the land and even the dwellings. And if you end up not taking care of your space, then they will cause havoc. They will wreak havoc. And I think I've talked about this before. Well, basically there will uh, burn. There's one story of a guy who went on vacation. He, he left for a few days and I guess he didn't inform the hidden people. And they ended up thinking that he ha was just not keeping up with his chores and, and keep maintaining the land and stuff. So they ended up burning down his barn and killing a cow. And then he came back and this thing realized, oops, I made a mistake. So it went and stole a cow from another farmer and brought it to him. <laughs> and there's other stories, terrifying stories about creatures that, you know, exist in Germany, but they're all, they're always called the hidden. Like I've always heard of them called the hidden people, which, which is exactly what these things are. They're the hidden people. Yep. So, so it, to me, it, you know, believing in animism and, and, and being a witch and, and believing in other realms and stuff like that, it would not be a huge stretch to me that these are fair folk, that these right. are hidden people. Yeah. Harvey Pratt, a Cheyenne Arapaho Native American chief that was mm -hmm. um, law enforcement for 50 years. Did you see um, what he was saying about all of this stuff? Huh? -uh. Um, Paulides worked with the Native American people a lot because of all of this stuff, you know, and um, they're very knowledgeable in, in all of this. And I quote, the vast majority of Native American tribes say they come from star people. And we have always talked about the relationship between the stars and us. And I think that if we as people don't open ourselves up to the people that had this land before we even got here and probably encountered the same sort of things that you and I are encountering today. So the him and, um, and, uh, Harvey Pratt, that they'd be foolish because people don't want to see this kind of stuff. They don't want to acknowledge that this stuff is going on or, or that it's here, you know, um, but they should because it, it is here. <laughs> well, what's really interesting about you saying that is, uh, and I think that this is not uncommon for those of us who are out, we have a tendency to become the family witch for people. Yes. So we have friends who will reach out to us and ask us questions about cleansings and you know, taking care of the house or weird encounters that they have or their abilities opening up or, you know, they've got all kinds of questions. I've had to teach friends how to put people in freezers. And I recently had a friend contact me about her daughter feeling very uncomfortable in her room. And I gave her some ideas of things that she could do for her daughter. And then she said that she and her husband have been seeing shadow people. And I said, well, shadow people are not bad. They're essentially just watching there are different types of shadow people. So the only time you really need to worry is if they're wearing hats and that's when you really need to start worrying. And I was like, but even then they may not bother you. But one of the things that I often mention to people when they come to me and they say that they're having problems in their house or they're having problems with things, you know, seeming unusual outside of their house is I immediately tell them to go look up what tribe belongs on their land. And ask and look up folklore related to that tribe and that that's how you're going to get your answer is because they have been interacting with these things way longer than we've been here and and yeah and that they would have the answers and so typically i i'm like you don't necessarily need to believe that what you're encountering is bad they could be elementals they could be you know nature spirits they could be you know, things that existed long before now uh, or long before people existed and that, you know, you can create a boundary within your home, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be fearful. It's not automatically demons trying to possess you and, and stuff like that. So I, I just told my friend, I was like, if you're seeing shadow people, there's a real good possibility if you guys are seeing these for the first time now that y'all are awakening, that your your abilities are kind of opening up for you. And that's usually one of the first things that people talk about is they will see shadow people when they start to have their psychic awakening. And I was like, that's not bad. You know, you're just seeing things, but at the same time, like put up boundaries, put up protection. You're allowed to have sovereignty within your home, which means you can put up a boundary and determine what's allowed to be there and what's not, and just make it very clear to the things that are there. 
Um, but if it's, if it's, you know, be respectful, because if these things were there long before you, if these things belong to the land, if these things, you know, are there to protect the environment, then you need to be respectful and aware of that. And so you can do it respectfully. And I learned that the hard way in Qatar, because I, well, that it turned out that the thing that was there was not actually related to the land, but nonetheless, you know, I, I learned that lesson, like, wow, I've been this whole time. I've been this asshole that's just been showing up like get the fuck out this is my place not realizing that things belong to the land long before me yeah <laughs> so yeah. we would love to hear what you guys have to say about this do you have anything else to add Lacey uh no I, I don't I did find a little thing that I wrote down that you know we we're talking about um you know the Native Americans and they were here way before we were and um things were different and the things that they did were different so the thing I found that says that there were legends from the Pomo people that mm -hmm. um said that people who lived there lived um in earth lodges so I would say you know in the mountains and in the grounds um and the doors were so perfectly hidden that you could literally walk on top of them and you would never know that there was something underneath you or you know stand beside you and so yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that all over the place, but can you imagine though? Like if you like ended up falling in or whatever, and then it just like closed and then they just would never, I mean, that would, you, you know, you could scream and people could hear you, but they couldn't find you. But yeah, that would be terrible. Not know how to get out. <laughs> what a horrible way to die. That's basically being buried alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, this whole thing, uh, this whole thing about the missing 411 is incredible. Uh, we didn't even skim the surface of the stories. <laughs> we so. didn't, but we're going to let the listeners go yeah. into their own rabbit hole uh, because you're, you're just going to find it fascinating. Like I said, you can watch the documentary that is currently on Amazon, I believe, Amazon Prime. Either if you don't have Amazon Prime, I think you can rent it for $3.99. My husband and I are going to watch it just because we find this kind of stuff interesting. But we would love to hear you guys, especially our Indigenous listeners. If you guys have, you know, your own stories that sound very similar. I've heard stories about the Wendigo saying people's names in, in voices that sound like family members that could not be there. It would be really interesting to hear. Um, I just, I just, I think that it's so interesting and I have a really hard time. My brain wants to go, yeah, duh, we have a predator. Like we're, why would we be so stupid to think that we're the, the, the top predator on the planet? Uh, I think it's fascinating, but again, we would love to hear what you guys have to say. Please leave a comment and let us know if you like this episode. If you want more episodes like this, don't forget that we also have a Patreon and you can also contribute to us on the Anchor app as well, allowing us to continue to do this and even potentially start making more podcast episodes per week. So we love you. Thank you so much for being listeners. We appreciate you so much. We cannot even explain how much and we will see you guys in the next episode. All right, witches and witchlings, that does it for another episode of The Witches Grim. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with family and friends or head on over to whichever platform you're listening on and leave us a five-star review. We post new content every Friday. If you'd like to stay up to date or engage with us, you can head on over to our Instagram or our Facebook or leave an audio comment on our Anchor app where we might feature you in a future episode. And if you'd like to further support this channel, head on over to Patreon at Patreon slash The Witch's Grim. Until next time, witches and witchlings, keep making magic.